Ben, you gotta find out what that background is. I don't know what that Dude, is. Dude, look, I'm getting like... This is hard. No, I don't know, because if that is, it sucks, and I don't like Rick and Morty. But that looks like Borderland crystals. Like from the video oh, game yeah. Borderlands, which is my favorite yeah, video game yeah, ever. Um, and so that looks like awesome. it better? That looks like that. I do, I do. But they're probably 1A and 1B. Yeah. But Assassin's Creed is fantastic. They come out with games more regularly, so you get a more frequent um, amount. There's only been like technically like four borderland games um mm. so and they, and they're more spread out and i think uh graphically it's entirely you know two entirely different things right. assassin's creed's like this beautiful almost trying to make it as yeah, realistic as possible yeah mm. and then borderlands is like purposely cartoonish uh, mm. over the top cartoonish and i think um like the hand-drawn almost like how it kind of looks like this aspect of it it's a fun, unique thing, and it's yeah. a it's a looter. So it's a game that you you have to spend a lot of time digging up boxes and opening stuff and collecting guns and then cashing them in for money and then you know what I mean. Like it's a it's a game that you have to spend a lot of time in uh, doing Oof. and playing, which I thankfully have a lot of. Um, so yeah, Borderlands just it's it's more fun. I actually have it downloaded recently. I was gonna been thinking about replaying it for like the fourth mm-hmm. time. So we'll see, but. Uh, yeah, yeah, anyways, so that, that got on a tangent, but there you go. Yeah, but Jacob, you got to find out what that is. <laughs> so it said when I, when I looked at it, so I just Googled uh, Zoom background pictures, and this popped up, and it said Adult Swim. Does Rick and Morty come on Adult Swim? I think it does, actually. It seems like it, it would be, right? So maybe it is. Let's just call it, let's just call it Rick and Morty, then. Which again, I I've only tried watching it a couple times. The dude keeps burping, like in the whole first episode, yeah. and it's really gross and off-putting. And I haven't been able to watch it. That same the same reason I stopped watching go? Big Mouth because it just got kind of got gross. Yeah. And I I was just like Ugh, I don't want to. I think the guy was like fucking a <laughs> bath mat, like Hello. a floor bath mat or whatever. Some some insane insane thing. You know what I mean? Like it, it just got too much, but. Anyways, whatever. Yeah. All right. Nice. So, welcome back. What's up? Yeah. So, welcome to episode 34 of the Family oh, Based Podcast. My name is. Oh, yeah. We're yeah. recording. Episode 34. I'm Jake. I'm out of lag. All right. Stouse. You, you stumped me. I don't know what that was. I'm Dragon. Dragon. I am not nice. calling you. I'm not saying that. You gotta call me Nighthawk. Is it Nighthawk? I couldn't remember. Is it was it Nighthawk? It is. It is. It is Nighthawk. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm right. All right. So <laughs> we uh we actually recorded three episodes, pre-recorded three episodes, and now we're talking for the first time since early July. So a lot has happened, and we're gonna we're gonna jump right into it. So as this record. As this, you're hearing or watching this. Yesterday was the trade trade deadline for us recording. That was just a few hours ago. So I want to just jump right into that because that's the most recent. Recent. So the big thing that happened was that Juan Soto was traded. It's really the biggest thing that happened in the trade deadline. 
Was you don't think it was Scott F. Ross getting traded or Michael Givens? I think it was you know, Michael Givens, Jake. I know, I, I know, know we're, I know we're Cubs fans, <laughs> but no. So, but but in your opinion, what was the, the biggest or maybe a thing that we're not paying attention to? Something important that happened during the trade deadline? What happened in your opinion? Vasquez? Okay. <laughs> what yeah. Why why do you think that's a, a big big deal? Cool robot man. <clears throat> Alright, so while you work out some I'm gonna issues. say yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say it was everybody else that the Padres got. How about that? So Soto and Bell are obviously like this. Well, Soto, I know Bell was just kind of like Bell's like the the moon circulating the 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 earth that is Juan Soto in this. Like Juan Soto was the guy that they were going to get. Bell, they just happened to get as well. Um, yeah. Okay. But yeah, I would say it's everybody else that the Padres got. So Hater, Brandon Drury, yeah. and. Yeah. Um, that was it, right? I mean, I know there's a bunch of other smaller moves and stuff, but I would say those two are just as important to the team and what's going to happen if they're going to make a run to the World Series as uh, Soto and Bell are going to be. So, um, And the guys that they're losing are important, but they're not like, you know, they're not on the level of the guys they brought in. So, um, And if you can win now, then you say, you know, what less need on the – uh, uh, Rams said, you know, you fuck them picks, right? So you just, you, you just say, fuck it. You get rid of the minor leaguers. You just say, we're going to win now and say, you know, whatever <laughs> I'm going to, you know, cause that, I mean, so many teams and so many organizations are, are so handicapped by, we have to prepare for the future, prepare for the future, prepare for the future that, you know that. they sacrifice winning. Now Cubs are the perfect example of this yeah. every year, year yeah. in, year out. Yeah. So, and that's it's like kind of refreshing to see an organization just say we're going to absolutely go for it right now. We are going to crash, or we're either going to hit and we're going to win. We're going to win a suit, a World Series, or two World Series, whatever their window is, or they're going to crash and burn in the most spectacular fashion ever. And we're here for it. I mean, this has made baseball relevant, relevant and exciting again. I think in a lot of ways is uh, like ESPN was actually covering baseball significantly yeah. today, yeah. which is refreshing yeah. to see. Um, and and it was just really cool. So I would say my, my, my final answer are, are, are the two um, main guys the Padres got outside of Soto and Belbo. Okay. Yeah, so Dallas, you were actually saying Christian Vasquez. Is there a reason behind that? So the audio... Way to leave a girl in suspense. Yeah. Why don't we work on that and we'll come back. I will right, say... Jake, what about you? You know what? Because, because we're Cubs fans, I'm going to try to not focus on how what things affected the Cubs. So I will say this. The Yankees made, I think, the biggest difference. For a team that they won, they were the first team this year. They have 70 wins. 
and they yeah. still operated their team. That to me is impressive. I'm like, how? Like, almost in some ways, that's like saying, I know we're, we're good, but we still need some pieces to get there. Yeah. So, in my opinion, if I was a Yankees fan watching that, that means that they're really pushing it. As much as the Padres are pushing it, pushing it in, the Yankees, sorry, the Yankees have the best record, and they're still making moves. So they started off the uh, trading with Andrew Benintendi. Um, they got uh, they got Scott, Scott Efros from the Cubs. They sat, they traded for Frankie Montas, and they got reliever from the A's as well. They, they, yeah, hey. yeah, there we go, there we go. So Ben, Ben, you got the Padres. I'm saying the the Yankees simply because they're not content with just being the best team. They want to be yeah. easily the best team. So to me, that stands out. Yeah, so let's see if we got some audio this time. I don't know. Maybe. Hey, let's go. Hey, let's hey, there we go. Alright, so Dallas, you say Christian Vasquez like five minutes ago. What do you think? Came back to me on that. I like, think he's uh, he's got a great name. And <laughs> wow, yeah, yeah, <laughs> all right, all right, good, good pick, brah. I'm glad you guys all, all right. So, the real MVP of the trade deadline, and I'll just, I'll just say this to the podcast listeners who aren't uh, privy to this information is every the, the whole reason that this even looks remotely uh, decent and that we have any sort of connection or any sort of uh, audio or anything is because of Jake. Uh, and the real MVP was Jake constantly updating us with um, the trade deadline stuff so that <laughs> I didn't have to. Um, mm-hmm. So Jake, big <laughs> shout out to you. It's really gen- no, genuinely yeah. appreciative uh, of you putting in the time and effort onto this. Um, just on our side, just, I mean, between the three of us, um, McNeil was trying to get on and I think he got held up at football practice, but, yeah. um, in his, and, and I'll say this and I'll kind of kick it uh, a different way is my biggest loser of the trade deadline is the White Sox. Oh. Like they got Jake Diekman, I think, and yeah. they kind of just sat on it afterwards. I don't think they were in a good enough position or a comfortable enough position to kind of sit and rest on their laurels. Um, they don't, I don't even think they're in first place. And if they are, or they're in third place or something, third, third, third place. So they're not even, I mean, at that point, like it's hard. Okay. So third place, you're at the buy or sell, like that's the peak. You know, are you going to make a run? Nobody from the AL central is going to make the wild card. So you have to win that division. So you get one shot and you don't even attempt to make a move to get anybody that's going to help you at any significant position that you're lacking at right now. Um, you know, and I think Deepman's fine, but he's not, he's not the answer. He's not going to, you, know, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It, I'm just disappointed that the White Sox didn't do more. That would be, um, you know, that for me, that's the biggest thing. Or one of, one of the bigger, one of the bigger things. What about you? Yeah. 
I would agree is that the White Sox are the one, I would say one of two, uh, really three losers that stand out. The White Sox have underperformed and so they're in third place. But the, yeah, the major thing is that they didn't make moves, but the first place twins did make moves. And that's something that you can't really, you can't really justify. Um, you can't even yeah. like justify not rolling the dice. Um, Two pitching pieces too. I mean, that, yeah. that's going to help a bullpen and a starter, right? It looks like. So, I mean, yeah. that's going to help them definitely down the line. I mean, because our, our biggest thing, and I remember when we were making our predictions uh, at the beginning of the year, we all, I mean, it was a foregone conclusion, right? Remember, you made the card right. before we even said it was going to be the White Sox. They're going to be right. da, 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 all of us, all four of us. Right. Um, and I think we all made fun of the Twins. I think we all conversely said the Twins were going to be bottom feeders and going to be terrible. And yeah. here we are looking like complete doofuses. And the Twins are, you know, looking pretty good in that division. The Guardians didn't make any significant moves that I saw, which, no. you know, is is kind of surprising. But Jimenez looks great, and yeah. Ramirez is still great. I think they, they're going to be tough, you know. And I thought the Tigers were going to be better than they were, and they were, they're kind of yeah. ass. Like maybe, like Javi looks terrible, whatever. I'm getting way off track. But it was, the yeah. for me, the biggest disappointment was the White Sox. And then um, – Boston not moving J.D. Martinez was kind of surprising. He's a bat, and, and I feel like somebody could have used a D.H. Because D.H. is a thing, you know? He doesn't have to play the field, so somebody could have used yeah. a righty hitter. You know what I mean? Like the Mets ended up getting Darren Ruff um, and trading J.D. Davis. Yeah. But I feel like I feel like if I'm the Mets, getting J.D. Martinez and being – and giving up a little bit more is worth the risk over Darren Ruff and giving up a little bit less. Does that make sense? I'm saying take, taking the bigger risk on J.D. Martinez uh, would be more worth it, more, more risky, but more worth it. Yeah, uh, I would say, yeah, I'm confused about the Red Sox because they could have made a lot of moves, you know, uh, Sandy Bogart is a free agent at the end of the year. We're not sure what he's doing. JD Martinez, um, and really, you could have tried to move Ivaldi, um, but they didn't. And I'm really confused because they're in last place, they're in the Ill East, and they're in last place. The Orioles are better than the Red Sox this year, and over very confused, yeah. yeah. So, I'm very confused, but the, you know, I said the White Sox were. Uh, one of their three standouts, losers. I'd say the White Sox, Lose. by default, by default, <laughs> the only, but by, by default, the only team that didn't make a, a move was was the Rockies. The Rockies <laughs> yeah. didn't. The Rockies didn't make. They didn't trade one player. They didn't like try to add in one. They were just content with who they got. And you shouldn't be if you're pretty bad. Um, so them, but then the third team, that's the, I'd say, uh, the, I'd say loser on this is, is no bias on this, but the Cardinals. The, <laughs> Cardinal, the Cardinals wanted to go after Juan Soto. They didn't come close. 
they weren't, weren't willing to give up Dylan Carlson, which I understand to some degree, but mm. it's, Juan Soto's it's a, a proven thing. Give me the proven it, thing it, over the, the it's, it's a, thing. It, it's a big loss uh, yeah. for them to, to not give it. And then they, they had Jose Quintana, and again, as a Cubs fan, <laughs> I'm like, good luck, bro. Good luck. We've been there. Been there, brother. You know? But the, you know the move, the move that really solidified the card, the Cardinals as Dang. one of yeah. the three mm-hmm. losers, is that the Cardinals traded center fielder Harrison uh, Bader for yeah. a reliever from the Yankees, uh, yeah, Jordan yeah, Montgomery. I'm just like, he's a fan favorite, and you trade him for a reliever. Who can help you for sure, but it's not going to be how long is, that. How long is Bader under contract for? Would be the only thing. Maybe he's going to be coming up, and the and the Cardinals are like, "Hey, we're the Cardinals. We we can't afford an Arenado, a Goldschmidt, and a Bader, and an O'Neill when he's coming up." And you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Uh, maybe don't maybe know. they had something to do with it. I'm not saying it did. I'm not saying it didn't. But it is surprising. It is surprising. Yeah. Adding Quintana, I mean, like you said, we did that last or well, fuck, last yeah. year. We Whatever. did that when we made what's going to be what looks like one of the worst trades in baseball history. This is going to go down yeah. like on that Bartolo Colon level trade of infamy of all time. Cease looks insane. I mean, Rick Titty, he sucks, but he's a wash at this point because if you put. Cease versus Quintana, I mean, it's it's night and day. Cease is doing yeah. things that almost no producer yeah. have ever done before in baseball. Um, yeah. So that trade is going to go down in history, and I think it looks bad. It looks even worse because it was Cubs and White Sox. You know what I mean? I think that adds to it. But for the Cardinals to add Quintana, trade Bader, and then not make any moves on Soto does suck. But it, I think it you're 100% – I think you're 100% right about the Rockies, but it's also hilarious because we talked about this the moment Chris Bryant signed there. You were like, what is he doing? Dude, he's yeah. played like 11 games this season and has made yeah. a ton of money, and he's just living it up in Colorado, hanging out. You know, like he's already got it all. Dude, make your money. He's got the success. He's got a beautiful wife. He's got a family. He's got – you know, everything else, he's now he's got money. Just live your best life. That is the literal American dream. So good on you, KB. Good on you. And Chris Bryant, or uh, Rizzo actually looks pretty good. Um, I'm really happy for him. He's having a nice season on the Yankees. And I just wish better for Javi. I know we were kind of talking about it before we hopped on maybe. Um, yeah. yeah, I wish, you know, Javi looks completely lost. Um and it's 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 messed up. It's sad to see. You know it. It seems like nowadays, for I'll just say this one thing about Javi, because again, we're Cubs fans. <laughs> is that Javi seems to play really well lately when he's either the villain or he's got some personal to play for. Uh, besides that, he he looks unmotivated. I don't know, but that's. I mean, I'm I'm assuming. I don't know that, but I'm, it, it looks that way. 
How old have you? I think he's like thirty, like thirty-one. Yeah, I would yeah, say man. he's. I would say barely thirty. Yeah, but maybe I mean, thirty. Maybe he's also peaked already. Hate to say it. Maybe. I mean, I mean, I mean that, 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 wow. Wow. That, 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 um, <laughs> that happens. It, it really is. It, it sucks. Yeah. Like, he never really had major, major injury history that I remember. Like, he was never out for seasons or, or significant, significant chunks of seasons at a time. But some guys just hit, like, their, their peak at, like, 28, 29. And then he just becomes a guy who maybe he's going to bounce around, you know, on a couple different teams for the rest of his career or something. And, and that's just what it is. But um, he, he's going to be a Cubs legend forever. You know what I mean? Yeah. The Cubs will retire his number at some point. And, and uh, I think him, Rizzo, and Brian all get their numbers retired. Uh, at, They'll at some retire everyone from 2016. They're going to be using – they're going to have to use letters. Or decimals. There's like it's like we're playing Battleship out there. Yeah. A7. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the Yankees. The Yankees are going to run out of numbers, dude. They're giving, they're retiring everybody's number. You played six minutes with the Yankees. Joey Gallo is going to get his number retired. <laughs> I hope not. So what about Joey Gallo? Why did, why, how did they pull off a trade with the guy who can't hit the ball? And the Dodgers stuck him. You get him for his How defense. How did that happen? You get him for his defense. Because the Dodgers, the Dodgers can add me and they'll still win. That's the other thing. Uh, Starting on the map. Good point. They have, they have the largest uh, margin for error. Well, them and the Yankees, essentially. Um, but now, I mean, with the Padres making all the moves that they did, maybe the, maybe the Dodgers are kind of kicking themselves for not making uh, – maybe more significant moves, you know, maybe the Dodgers have to kind of be looked at here. Like, were they not serious enough players at the deadline? Because now the Padres went all in, just said mega all in, fuck it. Like we're, we're sending everything. And then the Dodgers kind of just sat on their hands and didn't really do much. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see uh, how that kind of plays out. But I think you bring in Gallo at this point, strictly for defense and the fact that he's a left-handed bat. Like, I mean, he's essentially a worse power-hitting version of Cody Bellinger, if that makes sense. And like, Cody. Cody Bellinger's Cody. great defensively, but he doesn't really hit well. And Gallo's, yeah. like, a worse hitter and a slightly worse defender, but right right at the same level, almost. Yeah. No, I get that. Um, yeah. I just can't believe they pulled like they pulled off getting him out of New York. That makes I don't know how. I thought they, they were going to cut him. I thought the Yankees I mean, were ready to cut him. I mean, his batting average, you would say, right. deserved it. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. So the Yankees were like, "Well, if we can get something for him, something's better than nothing." You know. So I wanna I wanna ask you guys this. This will be a topic for later, so we'll cover this a little bit more. But I want I wanna there were two trades that stuck out to me. And that was the first one that really happened, and that was uh, Ben Tendi going to the Yankees, and then Wade Merrifield after the deadline still got traded. I'm not sure how that works, but it got announced <laughs> afterwards. 
Whit Merrifield is going to Toronto. Now, the reason those stuck out to me is that of the Royals players, those are two of the ten that were unvaxxed and could not go to Toronto. How in the world does that make sense for the Yankees and Blue Jays to trade for players who, at this point, are going to have to wait a month to play in Toronto? How does that make sense? I would say uh, maybe they made a deal. Maybe maybe Ben Attendee was like, or, or Ben Attendee was like, yeah, I'll get, I'll, I'll consider it, or I'll get vaccinated, or or Mary Field was like, maybe I'll consider. It. Dude, I mean, at this point, we are almost three years into this shit, you know, and you're still not vaccinated, right? Like, <laughs> what are we doing? What are we doing for real? Still stand, still you dying. Know? Like you're still. A million people die, and you're still like, nah, nah, like for real. And and like whatever your personal choices, I get it, I get it, I get it, fine. But then you have to be willing to take the sacrifice of not playing in games where you're not allowed to play. And maybe the maybe the the Yankees are like, well, we're not going to pay you for games you don't play in Toronto if you're not vaccinated. And if Ben Attendee's comfortable losing out on that money. Fine. If Whit Merrifield's, you know, comfortable losing out on half of his half his game's money from here on out, fine. If if that's what it means to not be vaccinated to you and you're willing to take that financial hardship and, and you can suffer through it, then fine. But don't like don't tell me it's I you know, I'm just at this point we're three years into this bullshit. I'm yeah. tired of yeah. of people still making excuses or still not like it's come on at this fucking point. A million over a million people died guys you know like this is for reals so yes so in in fairness i brought up simply for the angle of like to actually putting players on the field and trading prospects for guys that have the potential of not playing the angle of should they or should they not get vaxxed, that's a different topic, and I think we all agree they should, and people should, but it's more of the angle of how, how could you trade prospect, trade proven players for the possibility of someone not doing it. And I, we can get into that more because because that is a topic I actually do want to talk about because it became a topic again uh, during that month off. So I, I want to uh, transition simply by saying these last three things were not trades, but I want to mention them. Shohei Otani was being floated as trade bait. He was not traded, which I think might be a dumb move long term, but up for debate. The second second thing that happened is that Austin Riley got a 10-year $212 million extension. He is 25. So at 25, he's easily set until he's, you know, in his mid-30s. So different. Yeah. yeah, so but the last thing has to do with the Cubs. And this is where we're getting there. The Cubs did trade away PC, traded away bullpen. Oh, solely bullpen. Which, 
so they traded away them. But the Cubs did not trade away Wilson Contreras or Ian Happ, who this was the major storyline for a month. They were saying, we're going to trade them. We're going to do this. They had their farewells. They had their goodbyes. They had emotional moments. So I want to ask that. Well, okay. But it, I also is, want to get it, into that too. So, the, so the question is, I would like to start off with is is it is it a dick move, like, or is it just the unwillingness to trade them for less what they're less than what they're perceived to be worth? All right, this should be a new segment called "Is it a dick move?" Um, yeah, and I think I think it matters. And it's something that we might not ever ever know, probably not, is how much and how seriously the Cubs were looking at moving them. What how much effort did they put in? What were they really willing to take? What was their what was the floor? Like what would be worth getting rid of Contreras and getting rid of half? Like what's it actually worth to the Cubs? Um, and I think that they might have overplayed their hand and and as much as I love Contreras, and I, I've said it before, said it a million times, I'm a big Ian Happ guy, um, and I ate a lot of shit for a lot of times, a lot of years, baby, but he's doing it. He's finally having a great year, and um, uh, but I've just been really I'm, – I'm excited. I just think that they're going to end up trading him during the offseason is what I think is going to happen. Mm. I mean, I just I just think it, they hold on to him for six more months and, and see – Maybe what you can test when things shake out at the end of the season with everything being so crazy. Maybe you kind of see how free agency pans out. Maybe you feel like you're not that far away, you know, and maybe a couple free agents away from having a team built around Nico Horner and Wilson Contreras and uh, Seiya Suzuki. And, and, you, and you could start like maybe you can convince yourself that you're not that far away. I would just be so interested to be a fly in the wall in the Cubs uh exact offices and trying to figure out what was their true motivation in not making this trade. Was it due to lack of trying or was it because are they dicks? And, and I guess, I guess you guys will be the judge of their dictitude. Dallas, you said right away, you said this was a dick move. Why do you say that? I don't know if I should talk anymore. Go ahead. What? Nice. I'm damn. What? Okay. <laughs> he, he's lagging a bit. All right. Yeah. He, all, right, all right. All right. No. No. All right, Dal. I'm sorry. I'm just gonna. I'm, I'm just gonna stay. One, just go. Just go. Completely uninterrupted. Go right now. Starting. Go. <laughs> All right, all right. If you guys move, because you don't do it mid-season. Like if if they ends up trading him, they never should have brought it up around the trade deadline. If they were going to hold on to him to see how the season played out, try to string along some type of a comeback, which is not going to happen. But talk talk about it then at the eyes with him because it's a big deal. Like he has to uproot his family and. Life. Like, don't make it seem like you're going to 
dump the guy for anything like the washing machine. Like if it's if it's because they had no good options, that, you know, offered that's, or that's whatever, called the monics and publish that. They call that the monics when you get traded for know. a washing machine. The monics, yeah, monics, yeah. <laughs> the monics. classic. Monics. No, see, monics. So, so, I, so, Jed Hoyer, the uh, Cubs. Uh, I forget his actual title. I think it's like President of Operations. Either way, he doesn't deserve it. But he said he had a press conference uh, today after all this, and he said. Pretty much that they didn't make moves because what they were looking for, they never made a guarantee that they were going to trade Contreras and Hap. They, he said, we, we, we told them that we're going to talk to teams about you, but we're going to be looking for things. We want to have a return, of course. So pretty much what he was saying was that, oh, this was not a guarantee. I'm like, then you should have been saying that to fans, right? Because for a long time, for a long time, I mean, that's if you've watched this, if you've heard this, I have said every single freaking week, extend Contreras, do not accept whatever. So I've been saying it. So clearly, I did not get the message. So it just, it seems like, to be honest, they're trying to rewrite the narrative. And I agree with Ben. They're, they're going to offload them if they can, if they can in the offseason. But, I mean, but, but, but Contreras is a free agent. They could outright lose him. So why not trade him? To that shit your move, I would fucking leave anyway. Eat shit. I would leave. Here's my thing, right? He's probably the best catcher in baseball. Yeah. For that fact alone, you probably could have gotten a ton. So I don't know what the Cubs wanted. I don't know what it was that you're saying Jed Hoyer had his mindset on that he was so convinced that they could get. But, like I said, I would be interested to be in that room and, and listen to how that conversation went down. I want to see full, fat Jonah Hill, fist pump, at, you know, money ball style yeah. in that, yeah, exactly, in, in, that, in that Cubs office. That's what I want to see. That's, yeah. that's what I wish I could see. Yeah. So, you know what? I mean, I feel like... At this point, I am always going to be like, um, I'm going to question Jeff to say, I don't, I don't think I believe it. I think Jed Hoyer's lying. Mm. It's simple as that. But the other thing I do want to mention about the Cubs, and then we'll move on, is that before the beginning of the year, Tom Ricketts was on the record saying that we have the resources to make this team a winner and we're going to spend it. And then and I found this article like like uh, five days ago simply because it popped up as just so you don't forget 
Tom Ricketts and Jed Toyer both said they were gonna they were going to spend money to to make this team a winner this year. I think we can Hoyer. also say that Jed Hoyer is not the only liar in that building. Yeah. I mean, but that's that's the nature of the beast though in its entirety. Is if you're not yeah. lying, you out, you know, you're not lying, you're not trying. You gotta you gotta do what you gotta do. You kinda have to be a salesman. That's that's part of that's part of the business. You have to be that, you know, carnival barker. You have to be able to talk your shit. And he gets paid a ton of money uh, as the owner of the Cubs to to say whatever and he is shielded by money. As long as he wants to own the Cubs, he'll own the Cubs. You know what I mean? He doesn't give a shit about what the three of us are saying. He doesn't give a shit about what anybody else is saying. He's going to make more money tomorrow than that goddamn Mega Millions person made uh, over the weekend and he's not even going to blink an eye. Yeah. You know, he's just going to wake up and it's just going to be a thing. And he's going to move on about his life. And it's just, it's disappointing because I think the Cubs, you know, we all saw going into this year with the addition, you know, Suzuki was cool and it's exciting and it's, it's yeah. a, it's a cool piece, but the addition of like Smiley and Miley and, you know, <clears throat> Jan Gomes, yeah. you know yeah. what I mean? Like these aren't, these aren't additions you're making to try to put together a world series run. You know what yeah. I mean? And the fact that the Cubs didn't even try to trade any of those guys, veteran lefty starters down the stretch is surprising. Yeah. But um, it's just, it, you know, I I'm optimistic. Maybe they, maybe they are delusional enough to think that they have enough minor leaguers coming up. No. Which the minor leaguers do look great. They do minor mm-hmm. leaguers do look great, but that is only, you know, until they step feet on Wrigley Field and those games start to really matter, does it matter how great you look, you know? So yeah. it's going to be interesting. I, I keep saying that because I it's it's the most excited I've been about, like, the second half of a baseball season in a long time. And then leaning into an offseason where so much can happen for not just the Cubs uh, and the future of the team, if they can move Hap, if they can move some of these, uh, you know, Contreras and, and these other veteran pieces for proven minor leaguers or, or like the minor league ready, major league ready talent level guys. And you can start building for a future and just say, let's go, let's do it. You know, that would be exciting and just put out a young team and just say, whatever, we're going to learn by playing. Um, maybe that's what their intention is. I don't know, but that would be as a Cubs fan. That's what I, I would like to see. Yeah. All right, so as you can tell, we're all pretty much <laughs> tapped out on the the Cubs' leg moves right now. So on that happy note, Ben, you found a graphic that, that you found interesting. Do you want to intro that? Yeah, absolutely. So it was a couple weeks ago. I was scrolling on Twitter, um, and... I came across this thing and it was a report and uh, let me see if I can read where it's from. It says the hustle. It looks like um, they had the cost of a family to go to a baseball game um, for this is the total of four tickets four hot dogs, two beers and two sodas plus parking. And this is for the 2022 season. So Dow, 
Um, so Jake's already seen this list as well. So I know he has yeah. uh, the answers as well. So you give me what you think is the cheapest game in Major League Baseball, which I'll give you a hint has been talked about on this podcast before, and who you think is the most expensive ball game, which has also been talked. About. I mean, obviously we talk about all the parks because this is what yeah. we do, but. Uh, yeah, go ahead. So which, what do you think is the All cheapest? Right. What do you think is the most expensive? And how much do you think it is? Cheapest is Oakland, and they give you money, or it costs... <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. So I did not realize Oakland is in the top half most expensive. What? On average, it costs $204.25. For a family of four to go to an Oakland A's game. Oh my God. When I went there, like my my one ticket can't cost twelve bucks. <laughs> well, where did you sit? You <laughs> sit it's a joking. giant football stadium. <laughs> did you sit all the way up at the moon? Like on, on the lights? You're goddamn right I did. The, the on, seventh on the goalpost? Left. I moved down to the seventh row. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, no one cared. <laughs> it was it was crazy. So that's why they're like, we're the A's, man. It's it's all right. <laughs> so Ben, who who is the cheapest? So it was a uh, my pick for the most enjoyable ballpark experience. It is the Arizona Diamondbacks. One hundred and twenty six dollars thirty four cents. The average ticket is only twenty two dollars. Hmm. Beer four ninety nine. Beautiful. You uh, you soda, two ninety nine. Hot dog, two dollars. Parking, fourteen dollars. For a grand total of one hundred twenty six dollars. Why? What? What is the reason I have to lie? Fake. You just wanted to people move there. All right, so Dallas, you uh, why don't you guess who is the most? Ex- what is the most expensive stadium to go to? Well, everything is backwards now. I don't know down and what's. It's true, and what's strange? <laughs> so, so, I, mean, I would have. I mean, then I would. I'm instinctively, even though I want to, as a joke. But uh, let's go with uh, New York. who? Yankees. Yankees, obviously. Yankees. So the Yankees are actually third. Jake, why don't you break it down? So the Yankees, the average ticket costs uh sixty one sixty. Uh, beer is six bucks. Soda three dollars. Hot dog, each hot dog is three dollars, and parking is twenty six fifty for a grand yeah. total. Damn. Grand total of three hundred and two dollars and eighty six cents. Parking is they, insane. Oh, they they are really- in third. Oh, they're in third place. So who do you think is above them? Boston. Correct. Boston's number one, most expensive. $324.6171 for the ticket. $9.50. You're saving 50 cents for going to a – oh, no, you're not. You're, you're spending $3.50 more for beer <laughs> than, at, than at uh the Yankees. Um Five fifty for a soda, six dollars for a hot dog, twenty three fifty three for parking. I can't even imagine where there is to park 
at Fenway. Maybe beyond right. the monster, and then you just have to worry about your car getting clobbered. I'm not yeah. going to pay $24 to get maybe my car smashed and have to file when insurance should- and shit. Yeah. I worked at State Farm. I know what that's like. No, thank you. That's a, that's a headache. Um, you know, shout out State Farm. But also, where the hell is there to park at Wrigley? Uh, uh, is there a parking lot at Wrigley? Are, are, it's not are a people lot. street park? You can't uh, street park. Yeah. So where, I just homes. wonder where they're getting that number. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe the lots. Those lots, like the restaurant yeah, lots are lot. on the streets. Yeah. yeah, maybe that's what it is. Yeah, Dude, look at that parking for Astros games. Nine dollars thirty cents, significantly right. cheaper than most places. Where oddly who specific, nine dollars and forty cents for the Tigers. It was really yeah. Yeah, so here I'll just do a quick rundown. Um, so it's Red Sox, Cubs, Yankees, Astros, Nationals are your top five. And then it goes Dodgers, Giants, Rangers, White Sox, Cardinals, which I was surprised that the White Sox was so high because for so long it was like $5 fucking tickets. And that was like during the Burley era when they – like Canerco and they were actually pretty decent. Um, Then you get like the Phillies, A's, Mets, Brewers, which I was surprised by because I thought the Brewers were a little bit – cheaper than that and then i haven't gone to a royals game jake does that check out for you, Have you gone to a royals game? uh yeah it's i've been it's uh i think yeah i mean i'll tell you that it looks like it's in the lower half yeah yeah parking was 25 dollars though fucking this one says yeah. it's 20 bucks but yeah i mean I, i'm guessing that checks out jake you want to go yeah. through the rest of it yeah, so the Royals, it's uh, the Mariners, Seattle Mariners, then the LA Angels are in the bottom half, which is surprising to me. Then Toronto Blue Jays, the Padres, Twins, Guardians, Orioles, Tigers, Reds, and this is the bottom. Well, then the Rays, the bottom five are. No, sorry. That. So the Rays are the fifth. Sorry, I'm I'm stumbling. All right, so the Rays are the fifth least expensive. Then Colorado Rockies are number four. $3 beers at Coors, which sounds crazy, but then you remember it's named after a beer. So not that crazy. Um, And then, Dale, your pick, the Pirates, are third third cheapest. So you weren't weren't incorrect. Um, And then the Marlins are second cheapest and then the diamondbacks like we said so i think there is a common factor the three teams at the bottom all suck ass so they (laughs) are cheap um the top three four uh and six out of the top five or five out of the top six are major metropolitan cities so again that checks out um i don't know what the population numbers are on dc but DC seems like an expensive place to live. So yeah, because it, it seems like an expensive place to live, it seems like the that number kind of checks out at about $300. I could say this. I don't remember it being so expensive when we were kids, probably because it wasn't, right? Like, obviously, yeah. things have just steadily... I know, increased as, you know, inflation and all that other stuff, all those fun trigger words like inflation and all that. Um but it makes sense why we didn't go to a ton, a ton of games yeah. when we were younger. 
and it's hard to attract fans if the games are inaccessible to go to. I think baseball always had like that that thing where it was like it didn't it seemed cheap. It just seemed like a fun day out in the sun. You eat a hot dog, you keep score, you sit in the bleachers, you watch a game, you spend ten dollars on a ticket and a hot dog and a drink. You know what I mean? Like it just it you have that that kind of allure of what baseball is. And so you see some of the numbers and it is kind of crazy, right? Like you have a family of four, which isn't a huge family. I mean, that's that's four people, right? It's not crazy yeah. numbers. You're not like eight, you're not like the Dugers and you have 36 kids. Imagine trying to bring them to a goddamn game. You got to rent out the bleacher section. It's like this the left field are just my family <laughs> today. But like that's that's that would be that would be hard. Like cutting out of your budget, you know, three hundred and fifty dollars. You know, I always like to just kind of overestimate that things are somehow going to be more expensive than this, right? right? right. So three hundred and fifty dollars to go to a Cubs game, like that's not an easy pill to swallow, regardless of your um, monetary income. You know what I mean? So it's hard to attract new fans. It really is if you make the games inaccessible to go to, and I think that's something that they have um, a problem with and it's something that they could potentially be an issue down the line if it continues um with trying to get new fans yeah you know i was thinking about this is that of course we were into baseball before we ever went to a game but could you imagine like i know we didn't go to a lot but just imagine we never went to any games i feel like that would affect how much, how attached we were to teams, to players, to the experience. Like, again, I was thinking about this, is that Dallas, I don't know how old we were, but we were so lucky to get these tickets behind the the on-deck circle at Wrigley Field. When we were really young and didn't understand a whole lot of what was happening. Was that the Gary Sinise tickets? Yeah, Gary Sinise yeah, was yeah, sitting behind yeah. us, and it was great. There was a foul ball, and uh, Dallas almost caught it, but the catcher stole it from out of his, out of his glove. Um, all that. So, Story but, of your life, though. But those, but those, ex, those experiences, I'm saying, like, going to a game, I mean, we were given those tickets, so we didn't have to buy them. But just going to a game was part of, like, it was – the atmosphere, it was the action. Yeah, and then players behind you, people around you, just made you fall in love with the game. And I feel like it's just going to be super inaccessible for any family to do it if that's not even fiscally an option. Right. Right. I don't know. Yeah, I think so, baseball, baseball is the most sensory of all the sports. Hmm. There's a smell... You know, there's a smell to the ballpark. You have all the food. You have everything, the the fresh cut grass. You have the sound of the bat hitting the ball. You have the players chirping. You have the drunk guy to your left screaming. You have, you know, a bright blue sky. Or maybe you have, you know, a wonderful uh, uh, night game at San Francisco when you see, like, the sun going down like they did. The Cubs just played the the Giants over the weekend. And they had that beautiful uh, picture over San Francisco where the sun was, like, just starting to set. And the game yeah. was just getting underway, and it was gorgeous. And you have all these colors, and you have all these sights and sounds and smells, and and 
baseball is just so sensory like that. And it is a, a different feeling being at the ballpark to your point, Jake, than just watching it on TV. Like I, we talked about it, I think, um, cause it has been a while, but Apple TV did a special broadcast where they didn't have announcers. They just had the sounds yeah. of the game. Yeah. And I, I talked about it then how cool that was. And so, you know, it's just been, it's been, um, it's it, it's scary to see that that might happen that people might get a little bit freaked out um, and not be able to go because of the cost of how much you know tickets and stuff. You know, I, last thing I'll say on this is that I just uh, you know we just re- relocated and there's a minor league baseball stadium like ten minutes away from the house, and we were looking at tickets and the ticket said. Uh, the tickets were fifteen bucks a piece. I mean, oh, wow. I was I was like, we, we should go to a game like, like ASAP. Like it just makes it way more accessible and easy to go to. Was that was that the uh, Durham? The Durham no, Bulls. We're it's uh where we just moved to. So here, uh, oh, we just yeah. So it's uh just down the road. It's like eight minutes. Eight minutes away, but yeah. So uh, it's a single A affiliate, affiliate team. So, but anyway, so where is it? Rancho Cucamonga. Cucamonga, yeah. Yeah, they they got the wildest guy. They got the wildest names out there, bro. I mean, yeah. Jake, I'm, I'm gonna mean, come visit. I, I really am because I've I've been meaning to come out to California, and now I have an excuse to. Um, my cousin David Aguilar, shout out David Aguilar. He lives yeah. in Hollywood. He lives in LA, so really? maybe I can make a trip out of it and see both you guys. Uh, that would be really cool. Yeah, and uh, like I'm just planning my my vacations now. Yeah, I would say since my daughter's about to start school, let's talk about that a little bit more. But uh, <laughs> but yes, yeah, so um, you know, in three of those. Teams again living out here uh, out in uh I don't live in LA. I have to always make that clear apparently. I live in the uh, inland empire that's east of LA. But the point being is that there are three I live teams in San Andreas. Yeah, not San Andreas. No. Not Grand that Theft Auto. That's my Grand Theft Auto sound. Did you hear that? That was awesome. That that was something. <laughs> All right, so you know what? Let's actually just move to this. So, next topic is the All Star Game. So, talked about the trade deadline. Talked about the Cubs for a second. Talked about how inaccessible baseball games are getting now. But a couple of weeks ago was the All Star Game, and you know, part of the All Star Game week was the Home Run Derby. So, why don't we talk about the Home Run Derby first? Then we'll talk about the actual game. There's not much to talk about the game, to be honest, but let's talk about the derby first. So, Dallas, what do you think is the bigger deal? That someone that Julio Rodriguez stepped up and kind of made a name for himself, getting to the finals, or your boy, Albert Pools, actually making it to the second round, which is bigger deal? Making a name for yourself. I mean, Albert. I think that's how Albert Pujols did it. So I think it's pretty good for this one. And and I kind of passed 
set off the torch and like inadvertently i'm sure he didn't do it on and you know it's, it's a beautiful thing getting to see albert like do his thing you know, you know like hit a couple home runs a couple dingers but um it's that's it's a nice cool to see him go out on top thank you so much dude. <laughs> i bought it <laughs> i found it uh selling t-shirts <laughs> yard, yard. <laughs> and I yard sale Wait, hold on. For anyone watching, no, it wasn't on even YouTube, there. Dallas, no, Dallas just stand up and showed that shirt. I, this is solely for YouTube. Let's see that shirt. Shirt is rad, man. Man, that looks like the inside of a dentist's office in 1994. <laughs> you know, you know how everything was like Dan, blue and wavy. Whatever. Dan yeah. Marino would wear this shirt. <laughs> dude. I bet. In Ace Ventura, Dan Marino. That's <laughs> yeah. That's Oh man, no, they both were. Right, yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, all right. Um, Thank you. Thank you for. Noticing. But I hundred percent agree with Dallas. Uh, Julio Rodriguez. Go, oh, sorry, Dad. Go ahead. Nah, you're good. Carry on. Yeah, I mean, as as great as you know them letting Albert do it and and all that kind of stuff was, and and having that thing where him and Cabrera were both you know on the team. I don't remember. Did that take a spot away from like an actual deserving player, or was that just included anyways? Like, were they always going to be there? Uh, no, no. So the commission, the the commit, the commissioner gets to pick if he wants one player from the AL and one player from the NL every year. He, it's up to him, and he chose to include them. Oh, okay, okay. So I was going to say, that would like suck that? if you were like one of those. No, but I was saying it would suck if you were one of those fringe guys. And the commissioner was just like, well, I'm going to take one of these old dickheads over you. So I don't care what your contract states or if you get like a nice little incentive bonus. If you make an all-star team, I'm going to take, you know, Grandpa Joe and see. Uh, right. Speaking of Grandpa Joe, wasn't that the guy in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? That bum? Maybe. That snake. What was the grandpa's Joe name? He's just Snake. a sleepy Joe. He was a uh, oh no, there's another trigger word, sleepy Joe. We're getting kicked off no, of YouTube now. Not do it. <laughs> or Dunzo, Dunzo Bunzo. Um, no, but that guy was just collecting unemployment, and all of a sudden Charlie walks in with that golden ticket, and homeboys doing jumping jacks and shit. Somebody should look into him. Somebody should investigate. Yeah. Well, I don't know where that's supposed to be. Well, that's supposed to be in like Manchester or something. It looks like Peaky Blinders is getting filmed down the street. From where that was taking place in yeah. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> Man, that'd be funny. That'd be a crossover, huh? The Peaky Blinders they, hanging out with in, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I don't know. I can't even tell you if it was in, in a discriminate town. I couldn't even tell you. In, yeah. Interesting. When it was in the elevator. That's, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know it. You know it. Chopping up Willie. Chopping up Boom Boom Boom. You can say chopping up. Wow. All right. You've seen Peaky Blinders? No, I had not. And let's. Oh. Well, not they have razor blades in their hats. And that's why I was like, whoosh, like that. So they take their hat off with the razor blade in it and they slash, slash you across the face. So imagine like two and Oompa Loompa, though. Wild. Like a lightsaber. Yeah. I, I mean, what a razor blade. <laughs> the shop blade. Like, that's annoying. Sorry, Jake. Go ahead. 
No, the image of uh, Nubalupa <laughs> being cut. Getting cut in half? Just, oh, my gosh. Whoa. My nightmares. Whatever. All right, so I, I have a conspiracy theory for you guys. So just follow it. me on this. So the home run derby, the, the winner was Juan Soto, who just happened to get traded to the Padres. A little bit after, two weeks after. My conspiracy theory is that if Juan Soto does not win the home run derby, the Padres don't have to give up as much for him than since he won and showed out. Is is that any? The Padres had to give up more than the Dodgers who were in the final three. So it's my theory that him winning the Derby had to do with how much the Padres had to give up. Give up. So I guess it depends on how much you you weigh the significance of the home run derby. In your conspiracy theory, it seems like you weigh it to mean a lot. So if that's the case, then yeah, because that makes sense. I mean, think about it. Schwarber was in the home run derby a couple of years ago. He's always getting traded. You know, it's always just seems like, hey, hey, maybe we can make this connection. I wish you would have told me. I would have, I would have did my Charlie Day like red red string on the on the corkboard crazy <laughs> you know mean yeah. guy. Yeah. Um, no, I think that's fun. I think I like sports conspiracy theories because there's no way to prove them. Um, like the New York Knicks and the wet uh, wet envelope or the cold envelope or whatever it was with Patrick Ewing and oh, and I don't that know kind that. Of stuff. Oh, so you know how they used to do the lottery? It was like a they they made the envelope cold, so when you stick his hand in to pull it, he knew which one was going to be the number one pick, and he oh knew gosh. it was the Knicks, so the Knicks could get uh, Georgetown Patrick Ewing, and and then so start started their their team. That one. Um, that's a, but again, it's a sports conspiracy theory. It's a thing like like how the Bulls magically were able to pull the number one draft pick. And get Derrick Rose when we had like a seven percent chance that year of getting the first yeah. overall pick, and it just happens to be the kid from Chicago, and you know whatever. So whatever. But all that aside, um, I like conspiracy theories, you- and I am one hundred percent in. If he doesn't win the home run derby, I don't even think he gets traded. What do you think mm. of that? I'm going that far. The Padres are like, you know what? I don't think he's got the home run power. We're out. Boom. And then they get Hap and Contreras, like their plan was, I thought, this whole goddamn time. Yeah. I was convinced that Contreras was going to the Padres for mm. like the last two days. And then all of a sudden, boom, Soto sweeps in, and then obviously you make that trade. You and I talked about it at the beginning of uh, this podcast, like episode one, who you build a franchise around. It was Juan Soto. He said yeah. Um, so obviously, you know, you and I can't ever really disagree with the trade to get him. If no. we're willing to start our team around him, he has to be better than everybody else. So, um, you, you make that trade, of course, uh, 10 times out of 10. Um, but I love the idea that the, uh, home run derby actually matters. Yeah. That's cool. All right. So I, d- I had one question about the all-star game itself. Did you guys watch? No, not a single second. Dallas? Oh, no. I watched, I watched a little. 
little bit. This much? A little bit. Uh, maybe two, three innings. Oh, that's I saw the NL more. doing well. Looking promising, and I just, just stopped. I was like, okay. Dude, this is not like two or three innings. This is like five pitches, bro. Yeah. Oh, I wish. Uh, all right. So <laughs> I I watched I watched like six or seven innings simply nice. because I well for one thing I wanted to watch Contreras and what I thought was going to be his last time as a Cub turned out not to be the case. But hey. uh, so I was watching. I was watching for that. Uh, but the actual game, the game itself was boring. It was three to two. It's kind of the pitching mm-hmm. matchup. But to me, the All Star game. I had just one point though, is that the game proves that mic'd up players are great. Yeah, pitchers. Pitchers being mic'd up, catchers being mic'd up, hitters being mic'd up, everyone. Just if you give the mic to one player every inning, that would make watching baseball so much more fun. So that's it. That's all I had. The game itself was pretty boring. It was decided by three, three home runs. I saw the... Umpire cam, I think it was. It was kind of like over the over the shoulder of the catcher. That was pretty cool. I remember, I don't know if you guys remember this, but back in the 90s, for some reason, I distinctly remember it being the All-Star game in Colorado. But they had the catcher cam. So the catcher had like basically a GoPro on his helmet. And he was catching, and it was like broadcasting the game. And I thought that was the coolest shit in the world, like – that, that gives such a cool visual of a strike zone from such a unique angle and such an important angle from the baseball field. And I always, I always wondered why they never um, went back to that. Like if you want to, if like, again, if another thing is to bring in viewers, which I know it is in every sport um, to attract new viewers, if your idea is to bring in new viewers, you have to integrate and make things fun. Like make the all-star game ridiculous, bro. Here's my idea. Like, revamp the All-Star game, and this is what I'm going to say. This is, And then I think we can move on from the All-Star game because we're going to have to get into another um, serious-ish topic in a second. Yeah. But get rid of the All-Star game as it is, right? Whatever. They, they tried making it count for the World Series, and everyone didn't like that at all, right, until they got rid of it, and then was like, perfect. Do you guys remember in MVP baseball, you would have – that hitting complex where it would be like a bunch of ramps and like abandoned cars and you would hit it like uh, targets and stuff and it would be worth points and you would have to hit like it would make you hit like hit a ground ball in the opposite field or hit a fly ball dead center you know what i mean make that make a fun like thing this will make hitters have to hit like these awesome zones like the, make it like darts essentially like you're hitting these targets out in the field where it's cost points like the skills competition on uh the nfl pro bowl i think is the fun, one of the funnest things that they do because it really showcases all of their um their unique talents and i think if you could see a pitcher's throwing through like significantly tighter and tighter targets or something like that or you know they don't even necessarily have to throw hard but throw like you know what i mean 
you're accurate. You're a professional pitcher. Do the best bunt competition. See who's fastest, you know, first to third and then second to home or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, like showcase your athletes as individuals and talents in a new and a unique way that I think would be a lot of fun. I don't know if you saw what Big Cat suggested from Barstool. I'm not the biggest Barstool fan in the world, but I, I, I he suggested it's ludicrous and it would drive me nuts. But he suggested if you're having a celebrity throw out the first pitch, that the first pitch actually count towards the game, whether it's a strike or a ball to start the count <laughs> for the hitter at the start of the inning. So it's whether it's the, the starters down, you know, 1-0 to Trey Turner or 0-1 to Trey Turner to start the game. So I think you would you would have to change your strategy for, um, you know, Celebrity first pitches. I'd be like, my celebrity first pitch is Mark Pryor. Scary Wood is any recently retired pitcher who could probably still throw it through, <laughs> through, through the strike zone. Yeah, um, that that's yeah, probably that not going to happen. No, absolutely not. Um, but as you did mention, I did want uh, did want to bring up something a little bit more serious. And that is, uh, we're going to move from the Aussie game to something about this. So in July, I think in our episodes, but also after, we talked about unvaccinated players. And we even talked about earlier this episode. It's that unvaccinated players are not only not being able to travel to Toronto, playing those games in Toronto, but they are losing money and significant a significant amount of money. And I simply want to read off this list because this is not everyone. Th- and I'll say this at the end. So I'll list off these names because these names have been made public. I'm not outing these players. They're, this has been in, in the public record. So... Uh, Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, Chris Seal, Andrew Lee, Whit Merrifield, Max Kepler, Robbie Ray, Dylan Cease, Alex Boom, Kyle Gibson, Aaron Nola, JT Real Muto. But those are just some. There are 39 total players who so far have not been able to go to Toronto because they're unvaccinated. Um, and then, but they have they have games in Toronto. The Blue Jays have games against. Uh, they just played Detroit. They played the Guardians. They played the Orioles. They played the Angels, the Cubs, the Rays, the Orioles again, the Yankees, and Boston to finish out the year. So we're learning these names as it comes out. I don't even want to get into should you get vaxxed, should you not. Because that's not a, that's not debated on this podcast. The main thing I want to talk about is that my argument for this is that these players are choosing their self-interest over their, their team's success. And I feel like that is, it's very selfish of them 
And again, two two of these players are just got traded, and then some of these players are, um, you know, potentially gonna have to play in Toronto in the playoffs. So I'm gonna keep that up. Keep that in mind. Is that um, what well, I, I want to ask this, Ben? What if the, so? The Cubs are going to be going to Toronto uh, later. I think it's next week. What what would you say is the is a compelling case to get vaccinated solely as solely from the perspective of as a competitor playing a sport where you you're gonna have to travel and do this? What's your argument, or what do you think about this? If the idea is that, if that's what you're looking at, it is, um, and not you know. So if you've made it this far, an hour and 12 minutes in, you obviously heard me yelling earlier about uh, this exact thing. So I I was the type of per- – and I was not, you know, some athletic marvel by any means. You know, don't let my, you know, bowling ball shape fool you. You know what I mean? I uh, I wasn't great by any means, but I, I like to imagine I played with – a search, or I have a certain mindset of like, if you're on a team, you're on a team. You don't you don't bail on them, right? You do everything you can as a unit, as a as a as a together entity to accomplish a goal. Is kind of what I always thought a team was, right? Like the assembly line um, idea of working together as a well-oiled machine. All of these cliches, all of the things that you've heard throughout time in sports. For all sports, any team sport, right? So I'd like to think that I'm that kind of guy, that that's that's what I would do. If I knew that it was going to potentially cost my team the World Series, if I didn't do this, I would do it, right? I don't care enough about um, the public perception, I guess, because I know that's, that's what we're trying to avoid, not really getting into um, I think, you know, we all agree that you should be vaccinated at this point. It's ludicrous that we're even having this conversation. But um, these guys, you know, they, I just, I don't know, man. I it, It's hard because I was, I'm in the mindset of do whatever you can to win the ultimate goal, which is to achieve a championship for your team, whatever that may be. Um, right. So I think... You know, but this is also coming from a person who is fully vaccinated, so it's hard to like separate that from my mind. I guess it is really, truly hard to put myself in the mindset of someone who wouldn't get vaccinated or who hasn't been uh, vaccinated. Vaccinated, and um, it's tough. It it really is because it's you know, and now we have something else coming down the line, and and God knows what's going to happen with you know this next this next thing. And I'd rather really not get into it. Uh, the state that I'm in, uh, and the state that you're in Jake just declared public, uh, health emergencies for it. Um, because it is a thing and it is very serious and it is the next thing that's coming down the line that, you know, we need to be prepared for. And, and if that means, um, getting vaccinated like this, there might be a whole nother wave of need for vaccination, you know, and how is that? And, and Canada is not going to all of a sudden change if it's, this, if it's if it's this as opposed to COVID, 
right? They're not just going to be like, oh, well, this is different. So you guys don't have to worry about getting vaccinated now. No, it's it's not going to fucking change. So we're just going to have this conversation over again. You know what I mean? And there's not going to be ever be a way to mandate that everybody should be vaccinated because that's a dangerous precedent in and of itself. You should have the freedom to not do it if you don't want to do it, despite what we think that you should get it done. Um, and And it's tough to like tell these guys, hey, Again, and, and it all comes back to money, and I think that's I think that's as American and human as anything else is that uh, it comes back to money. Is if you're comfortable losing the money because you're still Andrew Benatendi and you're still getting like sixteen million dollars this year, or whatever it is, thirteen million dollars this year. If you're willing to take a hit of whatever that chunk is, you're cool. You know what I mean? Like maybe you play it out, and you're like maybe Canada changes. Next year, maybe they loosen it, and then I don't have to worry about it anymore. You know what I mean? It's like so. Maybe you don't care. Maybe you just don't care, and you're and you're not interested in the long term success of your team, and you're just a first person, like a me me first kind of guy. And maybe that's who they are, and it, it, that's kind of how it feels um, when you're willing to make a decision like that. Um, you know, for the betterment of, uh, I guess, the betterment of your your betterment of you over the success and long-term success of the team. Yes, what do you think? I know you're Aiden, so I'll give you a second. What kind of chips are those? Yeah, what what are you eating? You guys can't hear me, though, right? We can absolutely hear you. Yeah. Wait, did you guys hear me? Yes. The loud-ass crunch from the other room? Yeah. Sound like you're chewing on cinder blocks, my guy. You're like you're like, you're like mulching on uh, dead leaves in the middle of fall. Yeah, I, swear, I can't do it. I, I swear, yeah. I, I, I was chewing on them. Man. How, also, we how are about, watching you do this repeatedly. You know this, right? Like putting food <laughs> up to your face. Like, what did you think this motion? What did you think we thought this motion? I knew you guys could see me eating. So I was like, that's fine. Now I feel like I'm watching watch you guys talk to each other. And like, you guys can't hear me. So it's like very horrible. Yeah, so. Um, oh, Dallas, if you, if you want to get muted, just let me know. Veggie straws. Oh, look yeah. at that. You know, I was just thinking this, though. Like, veggie straws that says veggies, but they just taste like potato chips. Pork like rinds it, are cool. Is it just one? But I actually enjoy pork rinds with hot sauce. Yeah, me too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nope, never had them. You really? With a little bit of hot sauce on them, bro. That's what my dad used to eat. There's a reason he's dead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. That's wow. what it was. All right. Like, yeah. Pork. That that was it. Got back to him. Got back to him. Got on his ass real quick. All right, so I want to, you know, you know uh, an acquaintance of mine it writes for the writes for a Cardinals blog, and his article, which I can't put in the show in the show notes in the links or the description, all that. He wrote this article simply because this was when the Cardinals had to go to Toronto, and two of their big players couldn't go. And he wrote an article, said, uh, it's titled, um, uh, uh, let's see, um, you absolutely 
absolutely do not have to respect their decision. And what his point was that he accepts it, he can understand it to some degree, but that he doesn't have to respect it. So I would like to take that same stand when it comes to any of this. <clears throat> Is that solely as a baseball player trying to be on the field playing for a team? I don't have to... I don't have to respect it. I just have to accept it. Is that players are just going to do what they want, just like people, and I don't have to respect their choice, but I have to accept it. Yeah, I mean, it's they're no different than any other walk of life. Um, I have a very – I have a thing I want to get to when we do our closing arguments about um, something I'm angry about, uh, and we'll get there. But that just reminded me of that. So thank you. But go ahead. Yeah, we can we can move on to the next to the next thing because at this point you're exactly right. I mean, you I don't like it, but there's nothing I can do about it. You can't make them do it. So right. it is what it is. You know, hope may mean maybe in the future we'll be able to get on uh, a player or someone who's directly affected uh, by their teammate or something like that, and we could talk to them. Um, that be that be good. So, Dallas, do you want to add something, or do you want to move forward? <clears throat> you guys pretty much hit the nail on the head, man. Good All job, right, man. So. I have on the outline, Commissioner, uh, I was about to see Bud Selig, I'm mm. getting old. So Commissioner Rob Manfred uh, is still being stupid yeah. about, about paying minor leaguers. And to some degree, I don't want to talk about this because I feel like even this deserves a longer topic to to get into, dive deep into what he said exactly. But he is still maintaining uh, that they're, that they should be exempt from paying a uh, minimum wage and that they are paying a, a, a living wage. And the idea that they're not is, to him, offensive. That's all. What I don't understand is, and, and maybe you have the number you know in front of you, I don't, but what would it cost Major League Baseball to pay every minor leaguer the minimum wage? $15 an hour or whatever it is, at least in Illinois, right? To pay, I mean, let's just say it's in the millions of dollars because it's not in the billions of dollars because that's ludicrous. Let's just say it's in the millions of dollars. We just talked about how much it costs for four people to go to one game at one stadium, $300, okay? The Cubs have no less than 40,000 people at the stadium at one time. So if you multiply that 300 by 10,000 people, just divided by four, you're going to get a pretty goddamn big number that Major League Baseball could collectively take from essentially – one weekend's worth of games and pay all minor league baseball players for the entire year. So the fact that they don't have to work crazy 
two, three, four jobs in the offseason, sleep on the floor somewhere just to try to make it doing the thing that they love. That's not an insane idea, I don't believe. And Rob Manfred has no fucking idea what he's talking about. He's so he's one of those old rich guys that are so disconnected from what it means. Like when you ask Bill Gates what a loaf of bread costs, and he's like, I don't know because I'm goddamn Bill Gates and I haven't walked in a grocery store in, I don't know, 30 years. You know what I mean? Like they're just so disconnected from the everyday human, everyday normal thing that if you made Rob Manfred live the life of a double-A baseball player for a week, he would write the check himself at the end of that week. He would write the check himself out of what he makes in a year, which he could easily pay. So I think it is absolutely ludicrous that we're still having this conversation. We had this conversation episodes ago. I mean, Dan was still on the damn podcast, and we were talking about this when the lockout was happening, okay? was paying minor leaguers. We're in episode 34. We are on Walter Payton's episode, and you're going to tell me that we can't – we still haven't figured this out, that this asshole still doesn't understand what the hell is going on. I just don't understand. I don't get it. I get that he works for the owners and he's like, he's the owner's guy, right? Like that's his position in the sport. But how can the owners think this is a good look? Like I get, they don't want to spend any more money. So they're all about not cutting more checks, but you're still fucking rich beyond reason. You're rich beyond reason. You make more money in, in a, like, oh, oh, okay. I'm not, I'm done. I'm just getting fired up. And it's late. It's like <laughs> no, no, and... Ben, go ahead. You're fine. No, no, no. You got space. I'm just, um, you know, I'm getting fired up about it. But it's just frustrating, man, because they're not asking for much. They're asking for a literal, living, livable wage. The bare minimum is, is all they're asking for. So, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I guess. That's why I didn't want to get into it. Um, but that's got to head up. All right. We'll yeah. See you, bro. Sorry, guys. All right, guys. Thanks for, yeah, thanks for having bye. me. Bye, Dale. All right, let's get out of here. <laughs> so, you know what, Ben? I, again, I, I didn't even want to get into exact everything he said but I feel like it deserves uh, a a significant time to talk through and really dissect everything Um, and as you know we agree on this is that a minor league baseball player is making half of minimum wage if that mm. for the year and there so again with if you if you understand everything about their their contracts what's expected of them where they have to live all that stuff you would come to the conclusion that either a i need to make you know i this is all about money they need to maximize profits. I don't care what it takes, maximize profits, or B, I we have to pay these guys more money. 
there's only two options. You value profits or you value paying people. That's it. Yeah. And I feel like it's very obvious. And again, we'll get into exactly what he said later. Because again, I feel like it, it needs all of our attention and maybe an entire episode or something like that to break down and talk about it. But yeah, so um, let's actually, before we, we do both get fired up about it, let's move to the Hall of Fame. And again, this all this stuff happened need three or four weeks that we last talked eventful time in baseball i tell you so so there was the hall of fame induction so ben i'm gonna ask you one question and that's really uh, i'm gonna move forward is the announcement of the hall of fame bigger than the induction um i would say yes and here's why. There's the intrigue, the mystery, who's going to get in. We have all the steroids, right? That's kind of floating around up here. Those yeah. those, those fringe guys, the McGuire's, or not McGuire's, but your, your Clemens and your Bonds, and, and those kind of guys are all up there. And, and there's, there's mystery. There's intrigue. You can keep your votes anonymous. You can, you can hide. You can get your, you know, 100% um, – inducting you know mariano rivera and Derek, you know and, and guys who get close um it's it's cool like it's it's a fun reveal for sports or for baseball fans i, I imagine it's kind of like the oscars in a way where how mm. there's like intrigue and there's kind of suspense and and people yeah. are putting up their their showcases they're putting up their careers their stats you know, their numbers on the lines, whereas like if you were an actor, you're, you're this is my movie, it, you know, this is what I was able to accomplish and, and grade me off of. Um, it, it's cool, man. I mean, the I, I think the problem with the induction is they should, if again, part of maybe the overhaul for All-Star Weekend, make it a bigger part of All-Star Weekend. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. uh, I know you don't watch wrestling and, and maybe a few of the people who um, – watch this too but at the wwe for wrestlemania every year they do their hall of fame induction Mm -hmm. and um they get inducted the night before so they all give their speeches and they do all their stuff the night before and then during wrestlemania they get another chance to come out and be broadcast and showcased in front of the giant large magnificent Mm -hmm. crowd so imagine like during the third inning when the home team is you know when they're flipping and and home team's coming up the bat just roll out some red carpets on the first and third base line and introduce the Hall of Famers again. You know what I mean? Like just do a little something, do something cool, yeah. include them to make it maybe more of a bigger deal. But I think as of now, for us, uh, just being like more nerds of the sport, the intrigue and kind of hidden uh, aspect of, of who might get in and who's going to be part of this illustrious class of um, baseball Hall of Famers, which to us still means something, you know? Yeah. And my one opinion is that the induction is for people who love baseball and they love history, but the announcement is for everyone. Mm. People who don't know baseball have an opinion, and that's why it's a bigger deal, is that everyone can talk about it. The induction is for baseball, if if you want to say nerds, they're nerds. Mm -hmm. Um, but the announcement 
just garners media, it garners a debate, it garners podcast episodes. Um, yeah, so I'd say that it's a bigger deal. I'll, I mean, I agree with you that it should be a bigger deal. I think the All-Star game is a good idea. They should find other ways too, you know, other things um, to uh, to highlight that. So, yeah. So, I did watch that. So, yeah, gonna yeah move, it was cool. It's going to move forward. So, last thing is that, again, all this happened in between. So, the MLB draft happened. And the only two real headlines to me is someone who actually cared a little bit about this <laughs> is that there were two high schoolers taking number one and number two. Uh, shortstop was the first pick, and he, he is the son of Matt Holliday. Yep. And number two is Drew Jones. I believe number one pick was Jackson Holliday. Yeah, yeah I'm so. sorry. I think that's good. So number two was Drew Jones, son of Andrew Jones, was picked number two. I thought Next that White was Sox, great. Andrew Jones played for the White Sox. Yeah, dude, the White Sox have a tendency to always get old guys, old like French Hall of Famers past their prime. They had Manny for a little bit. They yeah. had Andrew Jones for a little bit. They had Griffey for a little bit. Um, yeah. You know, so the White Sox, White Sox do it like that. But yeah, anyways, Andrew Jones and Matt Holliday. I mean, yes, yeah, so, crazy so, to yeah. think that we basically saw their whole careers, though, huh? And now their kids are in the league. Yeah, let's let's not get into that. <laughs> so, number one and number two, I thought were cool. There are eighteen year olds that got mass contracts. I know Drew Jones, the number two pick, already had surgery. He's out for a year, but either way, he's eighteen. That was the first headline. Number two is that the Cubs, because we're Cubs fans, the Cubs picked Cade Horton, mm -hmm. number nine, the starting pitcher who really popped off in the College World Series this year. Ben, do you know anything anything about how – I want you to guess. How long do you think he's been pitching over or under three years? I that seems like a small number, so I'm gonna have to say under because it seems like too small of an under, like too small of a number, you know, like because you're either playing since you've been five years old or right. some ridiculously short number. But yeah, all right. All right so that's my fault. My bad. Not. So yes, <laughs> it is under three. Um, he's only been pitching for two years and really only been. Pitching with three pitches for less than six months. It's an interesting and he, pick. And he least. was, but he was dominant in that time. Uh, helped the helped Oklahoma get very far in the World Series. But the major point is that he also was a hitter. He was the third baseman up until about two years ago. So he can possibly still hit so maybe we have an otani on our hands <laughs> i do maybe 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 all right so maybe. that was that that's really the only two things i cared about from the uh draft um mine was you Kumar Rocker going to the oh, rangers yeah. 
Right, right. My guy, my guy, um, or my team, you know, my West Coast boys, the Rangers. <laughs> um, getting him and Leiter back together, uh, that's yeah. going to be fun. And I'm just saying I might have said this year, but I meant within five years that the Rangers were going to be good. That's what I said. That's what I meant. Oh, um, bro. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I thought that was that was the one that stuck out to me. I thought that was cool. And how pitcher-heavy uh, the Cubs went. Was yeah. was the other thing? It seemed like every pick was was a starter or was a was a was a pitcher of some kind. Um, right. I like the idea though. If you can do it, I mean Thompson and Steele look really good. So if you can kind of form a real rotation around those guys and any of these younger yep. arms, maybe. But we'll see. Well, you know, you do have to think if you look at their top ten prospects, the Cubs. They're all position players. I mean, outside of Caleb Killian and uh, was it Wick, they have two pitchers who are in their top 10, but really it's position player heavy, so they went heavy on pitchers. So we'll it's see. Good balance. It's, good, it's a good idea. Yeah, it's a good trade-off. We'll, we'll see in about five, five, six years. Yeah. All right, so that kind of wraps up all the topics. And again, we could have went even further and deeper into every one of these things, but we won't. So, Ben, you had something that popped into your mind earlier in the episode for our home plate, our soapbox time. Is there something that do you remember that? Yeah, we were talking about um, something on the fringe of legality. I don't remember exactly what. But it made me think of Deshaun Watson and the Browns mm. situation and how absolutely unjustifiable and ugly. Oh, I think we were talking about Manfred, maybe about Manfred, but uh, how just unjustifiable it is to me and ugly it is to me that yeah. he gets six games. Dude, he yeah. settled 23 cases against himself. He settled personally. Yeah. I- the Houston Texans settled 30 games. Or thirty uh, claims against him with with women. He's got sixty six total allegations, Oof. and he gets six games. Yeah, yeah. No, I was yeah. watching this show on ESPN, and and somebody was like, "Today's ruling made it made if you're a woman who's dating an NFL player, this ruling made your life more at risk. It made your life more in danger. It made your life mean less." And that really hit me because it was crazy to think of it that way. You know what I mean? Like, like, oh, he did all this stuff and he only got X amount of games that maybe I can get away with X, Y, and Z and only get so many games. You know what I mean? And I just think yeah. that it's disgusting that that they even got that far. MLB, you know, for them, for their – what they're lacking in, in so much, um, they're – domestic violence and domestic disputes and, and their sexual stuff is a lot stricter. Um, their steroids is like, boom, 50 games or whatever it is, 50 games, a hundred games life, you know, or, or a hundred yeah. games full season life. You know what I mean? And I just think the NFL could take something maybe from the strictness of major league baseball's rules and punishments um, in the future and take, take some precedence in mankind because there's no other job in America in my job, Jake, if I had sixty-six sexual assault allegations against me, I would not work there. <laughs> there would you be would, no. You would not be in this podcast. 
dude, there would be, yeah, there would be no $230 million guaranteed waiting for me. There would be no, the, the Browns set it up so that he only gets paid $1 million his first year so that uh-huh. he only loses X amount of dollars when he gets suspended yeah. for the six games. That's disgusting, bro. That means you don't give a shit about these women at all. And these are the people who have daughters and mothers and sisters and aunts, cousins and but, grandmas. But even more than that, I mean, as much as I, I, I agree, but as much as that, like, even if I didn't have, like, I do have, obviously, a mother, a sister, I have a wife, I have a young daughter. If you are a single man, you should care about the women and how they're perceived, objectified, treated, regardless of your relationships. Like, care, they're human beings. How in the world is this, you know, yeah, how is it okay? But the question I have is that how pissed is Trevor Bauer? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, basically two full seasons at this point, right? For, and again, it's, I know, and I'm saying, not saying it's like less but at the same, but like, like three, it's possibly three, possibly three. And, and you have, so, but in some, in some weird way, I'm like, yeah, I don't care. I don't care. I but, but, you know, I was this. just... I was just patting MLB on the back, and then I realized that people like Odubel Herrera and um, Osuna on the Braves are playing right now, and yeah. they got accused and um, charged and convicted of much worse. You know, we're all this Chapman. Um, it just just involved. So that was my thing, man. Like it, it, it really bummed me out as um, somebody who, you know who does have all these amazing uh, women in my life. It's just, it's hard to see that literally half of humanity is subject to different rules and regulations than the other half for no other reason other than they're just different. They're just women to, to us, to our men. You know what I mean? Like if the roles were reversed, it would, like it wouldn't even be a thing. So I don't know. That's whatever. That's my, there, there I'm done. Yeah. You know, uh, you want another sport. I'm going to go another sport just uh, to go with it. Is that I'm not sure of the day count as of, as of right now recording, but Brittany Griner is still detained in Russia. Mm-hmm. And I want to make it just, I want to say that again. Regardless if she's in a WNBA player or not, um, Brittany Griner is detained in Russia uh, and in prison for an allegation. And obviously, things with Russia are not like super cozy right now. Yeah, it's not the best situation. And she's been there for a long time. And you know, we can do all these gestures and we can put her name in the back of our jerseys and uh, all this stuff, which is all great. But, again, caring about women. Like, um, obviously they're going through that process, but 
and this not a basketball or obviously politics, but the point being is that like we should care and talk about it a lot more than we are. I feel like there are days, weeks we never even talk about it, and it's dude. Somebody it's said like somebody said if it was LeBron James, it would be front page. It would be the most important story in America. Every he was every he, if he hour. was being detained overseas in a country in which we have forever beef with they are like that would be the news story if, if he was detained for an evening it yeah, would be international would, even if he had like a little bit of weed just like Brittany Griner had and was pulled over or was arrested for it dude it would be Skip Bayless's head would fucking explode he wouldn't even know what to do with himself he, he, he would just you know what I mean like the entire news media circle would implode. And to your point, this poor woman and Paul Whelan, I believe is the gentleman's name, who's also being held uh, in right. Russia, um, yeah. you know, unlawfully. It's like, it's crazy for these poor people. Dude, could you imagine? Like, I, I put myself in this situation where I think like, I love to travel, but the thing, one of the things that stresses me out is that I don't know, I don't speak a lot of languages other than English. And I'm right. barely good at that. Right. So the opportunity to like go to another country is exciting and it's fun. Like when I went and visited my wife in Paris and then we or in Rome and then we also went to Paris. Right. But like there's something in the back of my head, like if something goes down or if I'm fucked, like I, I don't know how I can't communicate. And so that, that scares me. And then it also flips it on their head when people come here and they're put in jail and they can't defend because they can't speak English and they can't defend themselves. And it's the whole system is rigged. And it's, it's, it's a messed up situation, man. And it's so scary. And to your point, it's such an important thing that needs to be talked about more. And it's an absolute shame that it's not. Yeah. But you're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I'll definitely keep that up to date. Uh, so Ben, I know you said that, I was keeping you guys up to date on all the trades and stuff. And I was like, I hope he doesn't know there were a lot more trades than I posted. I posted <laughs> because uh, if there were only like 20 or something, that'd be great. But there, there's none. <laughs> so, you yeah, know, I wish you go on uh, Facebook and check that out if you want a full or uh, a much more in depth than what we talked about on the pod. I know Jake updated it he's been putting a lot of pictures up there so yeah so if you if you again we say this a lot if you've listened all the way to this point go on the instagram if you don't have an instagram you can at least go on there and look at the profile the profile mm -hmm. is family bases like 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 baseball bases family bases pod on the instagram and tiktok we post pretty consistently so Check it out, um, support us, do whatever. Um, subscribe if you're watching, subscribe if you're listening, share to some with someone else. Yeah, 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 yeah. This, this is the longest we're going, and we had, to, <laughs> we had some stuff to catch up on. Yeah, I mean, it, like, you, like you said, we had to catch up on a lot of things. We haven't spoken in basically, I mean, we've spoken obviously almost yeah. every day, but we haven't uh, spoken face to face or, you know. Screen to screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in a couple weeks. Um, so obviously we had a lot to catch up on in the real world. And then, you know, I've kind of rambled on about a lot of uh, things that have been on my mind um, in the sports world that need to be taken more seriously in my opinion. So 
the little bit yeah. that I can put out there for whoever hears this, you know, that's that's an important thing. So, yeah. And uh, this is going to wrap up episode thirty-four of the family-based pod. My name's Jake, and I am Dragon. Our dragon, uh, <laughs> Nighthawk had to log off early, I think. Yeah, he's an old, he's an old bitch. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm on West Coast time, so it's a lot earlier for me right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, so we'll wrap up this episode. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>